0: This is the Milo Beasley Show. This is the Milo Beasley Show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley show. And now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show. Dude, doot, do, do, doot episode number 344. We're still celebrating our eighth anniversary as of two weeks ago. I can't believe we've been doing this eight years, and I am so stoked for our next guest. Uh, Hackers is one of my all-time favorite movies, plus then there's Dangerous Minds, then there's Con Air. Let's just go ahead and get to it. Uh, You know our next guest uh, is an actor, singer, writer, uh, clothing designer. Please help me welcome at this time, Ridley Santiago. How are you doing, man? Hey,
1: Milo. Hi, everybody. Good, good. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, th- thanks for coming on. So you're in you're in NYC, right? You're a, a New York.
1: Yes, I am. I'm in New York City, and today's our first heat wave. It's like 97 or something. Oh
0: wow! Today, yeah. Uh, I'm in Orlando, so it's like that every day.
1: Wow, I I I love it though. I gotta say, I I like hot better than cold. You know.
0: Man, I'm a I like cold better because I feel like you could put more things on then take off. But I guess, again, you're in New York. I, you know, you, the grass is always greener, right? Yes. Yes. So you've been, have you been a New York your entire life?
1: Most of my life. Yeah.
0: That's that's great. Even so, even when you were doing, when you were, um, you know, the, the, the nineties with dangerous minds, Conair hackers, were you LA or were you still in New York?
1: Neither. I was actually in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say most of my life I've been in New York City, but I was born in Puerto Rico. And then I came when I was four years old and we moved to New Jersey to a town called Union City. Yeah. And so I grew up in Union City and um, I went to elementary school there. And then just the town over there is a high school called North Bergen High School, which I attended for uh, beginning of my freshman year. And at that time, I was already in the arts and singing and all that. So I was doing theater in New York by the time I was in a freshman year in high school. And then I ended up transferring to professional children's school in New York City. And then I went to school from New Jersey to New York. um, And then I actually moved to New York when I was 22. So that's,
0: that's, that's amazing. So when you were, when you were younger and you realized this is what you wanted to do, uh, you were doing theater and and things like that and you wanted to move as a, a high school freshman what were your what were your parents obviously they were super supportive they they let you do that but what were their thoughts on you know somebody who's young getting into the entertainment industry because you know it can be toxic but it could also be good at the same time
1: yes um and um yeah, well, and also I didn't move to New York until I was 22, but I was going to high school here in high school. Okay. From New Jersey, yeah. So it was, yeah, It was still, I was still commuting on my own as a, you know, as a high schooler, you know, across the state, you know, which i um, New where I'm from in New Jersey is just right across the river. It's only like uh, or half hour, but yeah, and you know. I mean, and then my parents' reaction, and also just to backtrack where I made the movies, I did my first um, two films in New Jersey, and then I did um, Daylight and Con Air when I lived in New York. So oh, that was okay. how um, those, uh, you know, split up. But, um, but my family, you know, it was a really... There was really no reaction because there were no performers in my family. Um, I've always had, I do come from a line of artists though. A lot of people who who paint and my mom was a designer, which is how I got in, uh, always had a thing for fashion. Um, so it was evident that I was like a singer since I was really small because they were always putting me to sing at the school, you know, things. And so my mom knew that. And then they knew that I was like that kid that like, you know, was um like that danced in the neighborhood that like people made circles around in the street. You know those kind of situations, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's, I guess, where I got my like thing that I liked performing and the and the whole thing with an audience and and then it just kept snowballing. So it was like really natural when I started going to New York to get into like a theater uh, class and all of this. Like it was just my mom, and you know they were um they didn't really speak English very much so it was something that i guess they probably saw that i was just getting into and yeah and but it did my mom always has this story though when i did dangerous minds and i got you know i got in the film and i they came to our home to pick me up to take me to the airport and um disney has this thing where they always send you like a stretch limo to pick you up you know and so like this limo you know stopped in front of our house and my mom started to cry and, and then she always says that she always felt like her son was being taken away to this like strange place, you know what I mean? And so that's when she realized, I get a little choked up, I guess, thinking about it, but I guess that's where she thought I might be, you know, on my own, you know, or I'm in danger maybe or whatever, you know, she always says that's where it hit her that I was going off some,
0: you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 get it. I get it completely. Um, I want to backtrack. So a little bit before, uh, dangerous minds, I, I, I got to talk about city kids both. Uh, so city kid, that was, a just a, a theater group before it was a, a TV show, right? Yeah. With yeah. a ton of talent.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it was. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the, that was the little link, um, before dangerous minds, um, that something you know un- it snowballed in our in my life and in the other, other people that were in that in City Kids because what happened was we were a, a theater group out of New York, and you know at the time there wasn't social media there weren't all these uh, other things and so like it tend it turned into like a magnet I guess for like the all these like you know uh, fledging artists. That started to go there. We were. It was downtown in Tribeca, which became famous because Robert De Niro got his office there, and then Jay Z has uh, his office down there. They have apartments and and all that. But it was the coolest downtown neighborhood. And here we were. There was a big loft, like and downstairs the basement was huge and. We would do these like phenomenal things. I mean, we were being led by like very, um, uh, you know, avant garde, really like artistic directors from New York that wanted to give us, you know, like the experience. And then, and, and, you know, they weren't even about fame. It wasn't a thing about fame there. It was more about the actual like work and, and changing the world kind of stuff. And then, you know, all that had started happening. But oh my gosh. And then there's people that a lot of people don't know that were there too. Like Lauren Hill. I had, I brought her there and I directed my first piece. They, they allowed me to do when I was like 17 and Lauren was my star. And, um, um, Sarah Paulson, right. The actress, of course, that everybody knows, um, she was there for a few weeks when she was in high school and it was, yeah, like it was amazing, but that's how that happened. And then it ended up Robert De Niro came down because he was in the neighborhood and the lady that started city kids was like old friends with people you know she knew people you know so like he came down and debbie harry came down and quincy jones i mean yeah it was wild like all these really important people would come and watch us because and then it gave us more fire because we were like going and going and um i mean i even remember naomi campbell came down one time and it was so cool yeah And then that's what happened we ended up getting a tv show right because yeah because um network people noticed and stuff so we had one season that we got to do a a show and it was really pretty much ahead of its time it was before glee and all these other shows that have come out since but we were a musical show urban and everybody was all up in there telling different stories about city life and um it went on only for one season but it was okay because then, and also it was just because very it was very new. ABC put it on Saturday mornings rather than right. like prime time. Yes, because they didn't know like I, I, it's funny, but like they thought like a multi-ethnic show was like not. They weren't sure, you know what right. that would be. like. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then that's what happened. And then like you know, I already was um, doing the real life thing in New York of the hustle, and I had an agent and a manager, and then they. We were getting me auditions at that time too. And then that's how that happened. And I got to audition. Um, Dangerous Minds was casted by Bonnie Timmerman, who is one of the top casting directors in film, you know, and she's known for discovering Brad Pitt and other major, yeah, all her films have always been on that level, big, big stuff, you know. And then, and it was Jerry Bruckheimer. So he had her doing that. So it was a big thing break, you know, and that's how that, yeah.
0: That's that's amazing, and uh, it was a Jim Henson production, right?
1: The City Kids Show was a Jim Henson production. Yeah, so you got
0: to obviously didn't get to meet Jim. He he had he had passed, but you got to did you get to, to meet the rest of the the Henson family? Like, uh, Brian, who took over uh, for the the company. Milo,
1: I don't mean to look like a muppet right now, but like you were so on it because i that's a whole other like amazing chunk of my life like as a you know i did get to i mean i was with the henson's in and out i mean i was with the brothers and the sisters and 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 learning everything and i mean i i miss him so because john passed away his youngest son john henson was my one of my hangout buddies and you know now it's the even if it wasn't we got say you know he's we smoke pot together like crazy and like we stuff so much fun and he invited us up to his house in um in woodstock and and he had a schoolhouse that me and this girl diane and this other guy barry were like always together and he invited us up there and we he converted, you know, like you know the movie Labyrinth where they had all that like stuff with all the incredible wood and the creatures, right. and that's how he was building that schoolhouse. It was crazy. I mean, I was only 17 at the time. I mean, and I always think about these things because even while they were happening, I was always thanking God. I was in shock. I mean, I was like, I can't believe I'm at Jim Son's house. I'm seeing these carvings and things that he's doing. He was a genius. I mean, it was a genius. It's a genius family. And I was so honored to be this young Puerto Rican kid from humble, you know, background to be around these great people that like, you know, gave me those wonderful experiences. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: you had to think, man, it's all, I'm hanging with the Henson's and it's, it's all downhill from there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, i know really What well, i mean that's why even when i did dangerous mind all these other movies like it was not i mean it was of course I not downhill but it was right. again like you know it was sort of like these things that were going on that i really felt you know that i guess there was a sense of purpose in it all you know but yeah and i still carry those um things i learned from the henson company as a professional and as a creative type as a writer i mean they um because not only was i a star on the show i was also a writer on the show i was only 17 so i was on a table and they were so nice to do that to me and do that for me um they just decided to kind of offer if i because i helped write the pilot and then since it got picked and it was nominated for an emmy they all of a sudden like said let him be a writer too and i was so i was credited as um a creative uh what, what are the creative consultant creative consultant was my title um but i would sit at the writing table i would offer the so i learned all about what it's like to create a tv show and from beginning to end we had the producer was a woman who produced the cosby show adriana Trigiani. so i mean she and she took me under her wing during that so that was really cool and then i got to also take workshop classes on how to be like a muppeteer and stuff like that yeah so that's why I'm like, trust me, I really, I, I can't believe that experience. Oh my like, God. I mean, both of us are like, I
0: know. I have, I got like goosebumps right now, like just thinking about being there and, and, and that experience. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And then, uh, so was Dangerous Minds. Was that your first like feature film? Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's incredible. And so what was it? I mean, yes, it was, it was acting. It was a scene, but what was it like being on a date? Michelle Pfeiffer
1: oh my gosh you know you're so funny for saying that because I thought about that the other day it hit me and I thought you know you got to do a a date scene with (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer and it's so funny you bring that up because I you know you bring there's so many things you don't like hang on to too much because you know when it's you and you're doing these things it's like you want to be as pure as possible as natural as possible and you know I also don't hang on to things that I feel could t- turn into, like, you know, almost like you don't want to let go of the past. You know what I mean? Like, so, but, yeah, you're right. That shit was amazing. And I, excuse me for cursing, but, yeah, you got it out of me. What am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> or just I mean, the most beautiful. I, I, I mean, I can't even. I mean, you know, she really is that beautiful. And the talent. Um to witness in person, you know, I mean, we did, by the way, everything was in one take in that whole movie and it wasn't planned. You know, when you make films, you don't plan it that way. Like, you know, you do what you need to do, but of course, I mean, this is why the hiring process is so intense. They want to hire people that are going to do it and get it right. You know, time is money and all, you know, so everybody was so, so, but the cool thing was to see Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, be that, on it i mean every you everything in that movie you see the audience know that it was right there in that moment like when they said action that's what you're seeing it wasn't like oh let's do it again oh she missed this she missed that or that didn't feel right no like this is a story that is so told from the heart and and um the director did not direct because and they and that's only because they didn't need to Right. But he, yeah. But he didn't need to ever say anything to anyone about do this, do that. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, that, that's I- I- incredible. Um, I mean, I, I remember, I remember, uh, you know, Dangerous Minds, and and of course, you know, Gangsters Paradise by Coolio, one of the biggest uh, songs, literally of, of all time. Um, Hackers, uh, amazing soundtrack. Uh, one of my, one of my honest to God, favorites of all time. Do you have a favorite uh, movie soundtrack?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do actually. I mean, there's always one that's always going to come to mind for me, which is fame. Yeah. Yeah. uh... Yeah. The songs by Irene Cara. And that, I mean, the moment you hear the songs, they're amazing, you know? Um, I, and I can say that because I also teach, you know, singing um, classes and, um, I have a 12 year old um, that I teach now is a wonderful student and uh, the other day I, I you know thought to play her um, out here on my own from um, Fame by Irene Kara. and the moment it started she was like nodding her head like yes 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 you know so that song that soundtrack and you know um, oh I was going to say no it's not a Jerry but flash dances with Irene Cara also did that but that's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie flash dance yeah.
0: Yeah <laughs> so that, those are some good choices. Uh, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, teaching in NYC. So uh, is it just uh, singing? Or are you teaching acting? Like what, what, what is it that you uh, that you teach?
1: Well, I mean right now I'm teaching an acting class um, and I'm teaching homeless children. And That's
0: amazing. That yeah, oh. Thank
1: you. And I, I mean um, I'm doing it with a group called Losida which is um, a Lower East Side, uh, 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 you know, community organization that's been around for like uh, over 30 or about 30 years at least. And it was started by a Puerto Rican poet. And they're amazing. And it's just so cool. They do all these really cool stuff, like the Lower East Side, the spirit of that neighborhood. And so they, um, we were connected by a mutual um, uh, person that we both work with and uh, they, you know, they offered the 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 class to me, and I want to work. I've always wanted to do something with them. I love their uh, initiatives and everything. So it's in the Bronx, and um, you know, it's blown my mind. Um, the kids are so normal and natural; you would never know um, that they're homeless, really. And the talent and the the the, the I mean, it's so mutual. And, and and gratifying in both ways, and I'm just so grateful that they are really, really enjoying the class. That's, and that's awesome. So yeah, and they're little kids. I I mean, I'm teaching. They don't know that how, how famous I am or any of that, really. Um, um, they're like my youngest. I was supposed to have like from like seven years old to like sixteen, but it ended up being five now to like eight years old, and it's it's that's crazy. awesome. Yeah,
0: ah that's awesome yeah (laughs) uh it's uh, i mentioned you know i mentioned hackers several times this one it is really one of my favorite favorite movies so i want to talk a little bit about that um i mean you got to work i mean first off with angelina jolie which was uh that did you did you realize at the time how much of a megastar she was going to be
1: yeah, in a way, I did. Believe it or not, I thought that. In a way, I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I guess it's. It's crazy to to see, you know, people who you're on a project with who who do blow up to become, you know, some of the the biggest celebrities in in the entire in the entire world. But so I have to ask, do any of those tricks really work? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, there has to be some way. I have heard with the phone freaking that there is a way, there was a way to, you know, uh, sort of trigger it where there could be like a free call or whatever. Um, But I don't actually know because, you know, and it's funny, like when I talk to heavy duty hacker and they like do interviews with me, I mean, most of the time they're loving it, loving it. But I've had like one or two that are like, you know, that's not quite how you you know you gotta like and i'm like it's not a how-to movie come on guys what are we gonna teach people how to hack hello like (laughs) you know it's it's a it's a movie you know what i mean it's creative creative, you know but yeah so so um yeah you know it's not real you know but not to say that i mean anything's possible in the way that things always change right i mean you know so it's not like it's so far-fetched but um yeah most yeah, of it though I, yeah and of course most of it is accurate i mean most of it is but not you know too right
0: uh and you know uh fisher stevens was um uh amazing you know in it as well i mean the entire cast uh was just phenomenal which makes it you know again one of my favorite movies of all time and, and a huge cult classic but while you were filming it were you like man this is a weird movie i don't think it's ever going to catch on or were you like oh this is going to be good
1: well i mean i am so fortunate to that like everything i've done i got a good vibe like but but you know i also have a rule that my like my best friend thinks i'm so good at having this rule i don't know why other people but i'm very protective about like the future i never project any bad anything on anything you know what i mean like i'm very like careful with that and 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 uh, I don't even allow, like, my closest friends, like, when they talk on the negative, I'm like, please don't do that. Can you switch it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I, they know it's, like, almost like a super, I'm not superstitious, but it's definitely, like, a little thing I don't, so I know. I was, like, I thought that it was going to be good. I thought it was going to, but it was so cute. I remember our first rehearsal when we did our group, um, the director wanted to mingle us together and try a few scenes. Now, normally in film, it's really interesting. There's no rehearsal. Like, normally in film, you get the part and then you get your schedule and you do all your prep. And then the days are there, like the ship is there. And yeah, but with, um, hackers and dangerous minds, actually, there were two week rehearsal process, uh, processes. One for hackers was because we needed to learn some computer like maneuvers. So right. they wanted to make sure that at least we knew how to sign. Cause this was all newer back then. So how to sign into a laptop how to go on the internet, you know? Right. And then, yeah. And then, like, how to rollerblade. We had to take two weeks of rollerblading because...
0: Oh, we were I did gonna... think about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Isn't that fun? So we did that for two weeks, and it was, we all... Um, everybody fell except me. Angelina cut her hand open, and that was one of the moments where she had, like, showed that she was, like, had a different side because when she cut her, her hand open, it was, like, bleeding, and she was, like, You know, where I would have been freaking out, pissed off. And then I was like, okay, this girl's kind of different, you know, because she was beautiful, you know, she's so beautiful. And, like, her hand was cut open, and she thought it was so – it was, like, a prize, you know. She thought it was so, (laughs) like, cool. So that was, like, the first hint that she was a little bit goth coming on with the blood vials, right? Right. Yeah. But, no, but, I mean – but then, finally, when we were shooting, I fell. So we all got to fall because (laughs) – so that – was inevitable and um so so that was it and so during those two weeks there uh we we had that first rehearsal one day but we didn't even rehearse a lot of scenes during those two but one that first day, the director said can we try this scene so we did it and then we were quiet and then we were there was like a little fire escape that one of those fire escapes that opens through the door and it's not a window it's a door that leads to the fire escape and then you can sit and go down the stairs so all of us the actors sat on that fire escape during a little break and were quiet and angelina goes it's gonna be good and then that's how so it's funny that you asked that question because that's yeah that's literally reminded me of that like that first rehearsal and then angie was quiet and she was like gonna be good and it was so sweet because she was basically kind of saying like everybody's so good because we got to act together we didn't know each other before that you know and so we all it all that's it it was the phantom freak was there serial killer was there acid burn zero pool joey we all came to life you know lord nikon at that moment and um yeah yeah so yeah but I did think it was gonna be cool. I didn't think it was gonna be weird. What I did think was that the script was not like it didn't scream anything to me right away. Like I was like, okay, take it and and do it and just see. So like it didn't say that we were dressed very wild and unique. There was only one character that actually said that, which was about when you saw the Phantom Freak description. It said he's dapperly dressed. And so I kind of knew, okay. so my character dress likes to dress kind of like put himself together. And then when we got to the creative team and the days of pre-production and our costume fittings and stuff, we saw all this fashion and all this crazy stuff. And then that gave us an idea. Oh, it's going to be that kind of vibe. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. It's funny you mentioned that because um, one of your most famous scenes from the movie was quite the opposite and you were barely wearing any clothes. Um, I mean, how is it standing on a bed in your boxers just being surrounded by people?
1: Oh, my goodness, Milo. Great question. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. I mean, I was like 20 one or something you know so i'm like okay did i even like now i mean to be honest i'm in better you know i'm in the shape that i would i don't mind doing a nude scene but i mean come on this is years and years and years and years after being an actor and being having to go in your underwear in front right. of the world you know so yeah that <laughs> after that i was like oh my gosh something because that's what happens you get to you know you go become an actor and then they have you like okay you're gonna jump in a cliff, you're gonna jump off a cliff you're gonna and you're like wait a minute how did this <laughs> you know yeah so it was really bad imba- but i'm really nobody could tell but now that you asked yes i was like oh my god this is like i'm in my boxers here great <laughs>
0: um a, a couple years ago uh before the the pandemic i was lucky enough to be able to see paul simon in concert and you got to, you got to, to work for him uh on the the cape man uh production on broadway i mean what so what was the did you get to you got to to meet and work with paul simon himself right yeah yeah did you know at the time how big of a deal paul was and that like man you, i mean it's, you have to work with a legend
1: Yeah, um, that was, again, another surreal moment, you know, Um, that was, you know, Mark Anthony and I worked on Hackers together, right? And we became like best friends. And he heard me sing, you know, right away. I was like, I'm a singer. You know what I mean? So I sang for him right away, you know, and he was like, whoa, you can carry a note, you know, and like, so we were, but our friendship was not about singing all the time. And, not, and we were just like, love, we were crazy together. We had so much fun. Oh my God, he's so silly. And Mark is a very, very silly guy. Like, oh yeah? Very silly. Okay. I not like that. I, I, yeah, I'm silly, but he is silly. So you can imagine we were two clowns. I mean, you know, he does the physical. He's crazy. Like, he's funny, funny as hell. Um, So, you know, we were two funny, crazy friends. So then he tells me when we get back to New York, you know, Paul Simon, he's doing this thing or whatever. And I think it would be perfect for the part. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mark. I've always wanted to be on Broadway, which was true. I mean, this was like my dream, dream, dream. So I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, my God. So then he's like, I'm going to set you up with Paul then because you know um he's like you you want because he wanted to see if i thought i would you know be into it and so then lo and behold like two and three days later i get a call at my home and he tells my mom my mom i remember was like oh mark anthony called he said to call him it's very important <laughs> and so i called him and he's like really paul wants to meet you he's ready to meet blah, blah, blah. he gave me the information so here's the thing now get this he gives me paul simon's address right and so, I mean, thank God I had done all the things I'd done, you know, because, um, yeah, so I was pretty calm about it when you want to really think about, you know, the situation. But, um, you know, I went over to his house. I mean, he answers the door. I remember them. You know, he lived in a penthouse in, you know, Central Park West, one of those buildings. And um, I, you know, get led into the building through, this, you know, doorman and then come on. And then so when the door opens, the door cracks open and it's awesome. It's like I will never forget, you know, how I... You know, so he's like cracks the door open, and I see that. You know what I mean? And then he's like, this little gentleman, and he brings me inside, and you know
0: what? And he's so
1: gentle and so soft spoken and such a sweet man. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I guess you know you can see, um, feel from him right away, and um, and of course, me being an artist, I know that that's where his gift also comes from. You know, it's his. It's, it's, you know, sensitivity, you know, and um, and so he's that way all the way. And he treats everybody the same. I mean, he could be a pharmacist, you know, for all anybody knows. He's very calm and very, you know what I mean, uh, the same with everyone. And and um, so then what happened was he led me in, and it's funny. I do remember that I almost went the wrong way. Like, he leads me into this palace out of nowhere, right? And so I went the wrong way, and I remember he went, up. no and I was like okay because I almost went I guess into like the living area or something and then he guides me and so we go into this gigantic studio gorgeous uh, work area and he had a uh, engineer there and Mark was there and um, Mark was recording demos for the show and so then they stopped everything and Mark uh, well then I brought myself um, singing um, back in these days on a tape and um, you know Ma, uh, Paul decided to play it and thank God you know and Mark said when, when Mark heard it I remember he said whoa you know he really liked it so that was good and then Paul right away started to tell me about the piece and then he proceeds to give me like a whole presentation on this play that he's been working on for 10 years or something and I tell you he played the entire soundtrack for me from beginning to end explaining this whole musical to me. And imagine, I'm listening and it's like a private car. Con- I mean, he's singing along sometimes. And the music I'm listening to, I mean, anybody at home and if you self, I mean, listen to the Broadway original cast recording of this, the music is astounding. And um, and then he says to me, would you like to do it? And I I mean, of course I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, and I say, yes, of course. But it was the strangest thing, Milo, because when you look at the the kid, the two people that he and I, Mark and I were playing, it was like meant to be. Like I actually kind of looked like this kid that I was playing and And um, I mean, so there was a lot of like the universe at play, you know, with it all. Right. Yeah. And that's how in my whole experience, I worked with him for almost, I wanna say almost 10 years and it feels like, or eight years. And I was yeah he was my I'm we're, he's like an uncle he's a buddy I mean we were very tight we spent a lot of time alone together I learned so much from him musically and um, he's very strict and he stops you all the, he's the one person I've never seen stop a singer a million times um, but he likes things a certain way you know and um, I love listening to his direction and um he's a king he's just marvel i mean i can't go on i can't say enough yeah uh,
0: uh, our, man it's uh that's yeah i i can't imagine you know first off him opening up the door and and being like that but, but being able to work with him and for him and uh that's inc- absolutely incredible story uh, next thing i want to uh, ask about is maybe one that uh is, is maybe a little bit down there um i have uh uh oh where'd we go all right testing hi Perfect. all right hey uh so the, the next thing i, w- I want to talk about um mainly because i i have a lot of uh fans of the show that are wrestling fans and you did a a, a project called not another romantic wrestling comedy um, now you weren't involved in, in the wrestling scenes at all, but did you did you go in there and, and attempt any of the training, any of the moves, or anything while you were uh, on set?
1: No, oh, and I love it. You almost got the title right. That's Kim Sky, the writer and director. With her long title, hilarious. Not just another romantic wrestling comedy. Not- if I got it right, I think it's <laughs> that. It was so much fun making that movie. It was a small role that my manager just thought it was a fun script and, and wanted to connect me with this comedy writer. And thank God she did because we became such good friends and we've created other stuff that is yet to be seen. It's in development, um, but we wrote a comedy series together for me to star in and I'm so excited about that. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And no, I didn't, um, didn't do any wrestling training for that or any of that, it was all just, but it was fun speaking in English and in Spanish with the character. That was like a right. fun
0: thing to do. Oh yeah. my gosh. There's the, the scene outside uh, the shop was by far. I mean, I, I feel like that stole the entire movie.
1: Oh, thank you. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. Thanks. That was her idea. And
0: I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, a, a thing here, uh, let me get it back up, 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 up. A thing we like to do here on the Milo Beasley show is called the Milo Beasley show. Frequently asked questions. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, the same five questions that I ask all my guests here uh, on the Milo Beasley Show. So there's no wrong answers. Just first thing that pops into your mind. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Question number one. What was the first concert you attended? Paul Abdul. What? That's she amazing.
1: Awesome. She was so good, too. I'll never forget it. Madison Square Garden.
0: Wait. So your first concert was in Madison Square Garden.
1: That I saw. Yeah, totally. And it was Miss Paula
0: Abdul. That's that's amazing. That's I mean that's prime stuff right there.
1: Thank that you. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. She was amazing. I still remember. So good, boy. She was on point. It was a hot show because she's a choreographer too. As right. Well, and yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. All right, question
0: Earth. number two, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Have you, you have you had some weird stuff happen?
1: Yeah, all the time, um, really? but they don't scare me. Yeah, no, I, I have a thing about not being afraid of ghosts, but I do notice things, you know, like, um, I don't know if this happens to other people at home and, or yourself, but my kitchen shifts on its own sometimes. So I find that interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like things like, I don't know, or something will clunk. And it's like, hmm, (laughs) you know, because there's no wind in my kitchen. At least I don't have a window in my kitchen. So, but something may, but then of course it's shifting, right? But then you think what the F is shifting. That means that there's an energy shift. What happened there? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a plate was like, just about like this for months and then finally when clunk like so that you see what i mean so yeah that's like a sound that i hear in my kitchen sometimes um oh and you really want to know i guess i should share because this is going to bug you out but i have had uh you know and this i mean think what you think everybody but you asked the question
0: i've had some psychic
1: experiences that that's what makes me
0: yeah oh yeah
1: um two well one is already in public which is that i dreamt 9-11 the night before it happened oh man really messed my head up for years because I don't know why I have no control over these little things that happen and I don't know what it meant because I kept that was my question how could I have saved anybody whatever I was in my sleep what What? I dreamt was that I was at the restaurant windows of the world I had never been there and then we ended up on the roof and then I see two things coming at us and I think are those aliens and then I thought no those are planes coming at us yeah And then I turned around. I knew I had a friend next to me. Her voice went away in the dream. She couldn't speak. And I knew I was going to be okay. And I turned to the stairs, uh, you know, on a roof where the door is to go to the. And that's when I woke up to the phone ringing, which at the time was 847 a.m., which is the time that the first tower was hit. And it was my mother calling me. And um, so that was one of the wild... So that's led me to believe that there is something else. I mean, I could go into another on that, but that I'll just leave it at that with that experience. And then the most recent one, they don't happen often. They only only happen to me every couple of years. Something that is right. wow. Yeah, so the last one was during COVID in my hallway... And I've had things that tend to happen in the hall for me in, in things. I got a thought that if a dog died, what would happen? Like, they would probably say, like, you've got to put him in the freezer. This was during the beginning of pandemic. And then I get a call from my neighbor, literally next door. I think my dog is dead, she says. And I tell her call three one one. And then, which is the services information. And then she tells me, because I call her back, like, at 11 o'clock at night to find out. Because I'm right. like... And she tells me they told her to put her dog in the freezer.
0: Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, not to get off topic, but how close were you uh, to uh, 9-11? Like, how clo- how how far away were you living? 70,
1: yeah, I think uh, 70-something blocks. I lived on 78th Street at the time. And so the New York streets start to number at about, right. uh, like, 11th 10th street 9th street and then it's like downtown names so i was like about 80 blocks 90 blocks away from the wow. site
0: that's not that's not far at all
1: i guess it's really for manhattan it seems far but you're right it was not far i feel that it was also that instinct like they say birds and animals get when there's gonna be like a storm they get a they turn to have a like i thought of that i thought wow like could it be that like but then, what is that? That's amazing. So right. yeah, that's that's the only reason why I tell the story. Um, because I'm like, uh, cause I was thinking like I couldn't warn anybody. Um, there were faces in the dream in the restaurant. Um, I could see everybody's heart, like feel their heart, but their faces were blurry in the restaurant. Right. And yeah, that always made me feel like maybe I had fans that died and that they they were people that I felt like loved me and I probably in another realm you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah but that's so um i you know i, I know we got into it with that one but
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> Answer. all right so our uh our third question and a little lo- it's a little bit of a a twist on a common question but in a movie about your life who would play your parents whoa
1: well i think Nancy Tickleton did a phenomenal job as my mother in Hackers. Um, of course, she, that's when she's like, you know, yelling at me when that's kind of funny. But still, she right. really looks like me and looks like my mom in some ways, too. So she did a great job. So she would do a great job playing my mother, too.
0: Right.
1: And my dad would have to be like, oh, somebody Swamp, somebody, I mean... He's not active now, but is Pierce Bronson okay? Bronson? Oh mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a different app, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. See, I I, I like this question cause you get to, you get a, a feel about uh, people's parents and, and, and their, their upbringing and stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, question number four, who is your favorite person to follow on social media?
1: Whoa. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I have a few. Oh.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, we froze again.
1: Cut off again for a second there. Did yep. you see how wild that is? He's a futurist. And he speaks like, he's just like a phenomenal philosopher. Like, I don't know if he's on mushrooms or what, but boy, is he taking it to town. And he can really give you some quotes to live by. I mean, he's amazing. That's all I can say.
0: All right. So, uh, and then question number five. Um, what was that? I mean, f- you've, you've worked with a lot of people. Um, you've worked with a lot of names, either on, on again, on Broadway, uh, meeting people um, in movies. Do you have a. F- what was your biggest fanboy moment? Where you? Oh, I think we're still frozen. we will Hey, uh, I think we're here. Let me try some. All right. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. Oh, right, boom! We are. We are perfect or right, right back on, on on schedule all right so um yeah uh whether, whether it was on a movie set uh just out and about um on broadway uh out in new york uh what was your biggest fanboy moment where you saw somebody and you just had to meet them okay
1: cuz you know there's a mu- a bunch actually now that i'm thinking But the winner would have to be, and especially since you said that I had to meet, because this is one time that I actually ran up to them and I never do that, Madonna.
0: Where did you meet Madonna at? She
1: actually, and you know, because again, I don't come from a lot of money, like I said, so I always had to meet people. I'm so grateful by them coming to see me perform because I couldn't afford to go see them. So I could never buy a Madonna ticket. And then one day here I am starring on Broadway and she came to the show to see us in in the cape man and it was crazy
0: oh uh, omg
1: i know i know that was crazy and what happened was i there was the, you know, the cast never panicked when somebody was there, but everybody kept talking about Madonna that night behind the stage. And I was getting a little annoyed because I'm, a, you know, in character. Like, I was like, I don't want to hear who's in the, or, I mean, I get it, but like, leave it, you know, but everybody, oh, she's there. She's there. And then somebody was like, she's in the third row. And I was like, great. Now I'm in, I don't, you know, so <laughs> I tried to get it out of my mind and then i'm getting dressed taking my time getting leave. and i go downstairs to the to the green room area and for the first time it's packed like it's like a freaking concert back there it's never been packed i'm like right. what is this thing and then i see a lady walk by hunched over really skinny with her and okay and I, she reminded me as she walked by of betty davis and so i run by and i see this figure and i think in my mind oh she's very Betty dead Barry Davis kind of, and I run into Mark's woman, and I'm like, Mark, and I'm like, I gotta meet her, I'm sorry, where is she? And he's like, she just left. And I thought, oh my God, that was her. And then I ran, swung the metal doors open, and Madonna is there with her best friend at the time, Ingrid Casares, and guess what? This is another bragging moment. I'm not trying to brag, but this is the story. What can I say? The driver, Madonna's driver, happened to be my driver during the show. His name was Armando. And he was like my best. He became my best friend, too, because, you know, we talked every night. And every, And I would always ask him about Madonna because he told me he would. So I said, Armando, please. So that Madonna was like, who is Because <laughs> I stopped them from leaving. <clears throat> and he stopped, you know. So she's like, who's ordering my guy around? And then she turned to one and I reached out my hand. And I was like, Madonna. I just want to thank you. You know, and I got to hold her hand. I thanked her for coming and all that and whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's what.
1: No, yeah. You know, that's, that that's
0: one heck of a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sure was. Uh, so what can you, what can you talk about uh, as far as uh, future projects? Uh, I saw you have a project coming out called three days rising uh, with Mickey Rourke and ice tea. Yeah. I mean, that's an, that's an incredible cast as, as is thank you well
1: it's really cool because this one is produced by one of my closest friends this producer named Noel Ashman and I'm really proud of him he's making like a lot of big movies and stuff and um so he's always like oh, I want to get you my movies I want to and then this one came along and I was like uh are you gonna keep talking or what and he's like because I think he wanted me to play like a bigger part and stuff so I'm like look just throw me in your movie already <laughs> so I played a part in this um where like you know it's a murder and me and my girlfriend walk into this whole thing. It's a really I mean from what I hear it came out great. Like a lot of the technical people from the film have reached out and were like you were so good in the movie and stuff. So it looks like it's gonna be fun and and um, so it's three days rising. Yeah, and it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe um, book. Oh. Yeah, it's a scary and it's a thriller.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I would I mean I would hope so if it was based on Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, yeah. So, uh, one of my Edgar Allan Poe and I share a, share a birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. January 19th. Do you, do you know, um, do you, is there anybody who you share a birthday with that, you know, of?
1: um, I don't know exactly, but I have a very interesting mystical birthday. It's March 15th, which is the Ides of March. So I've always um, and I don't know, I do have a very like out of this world life. So I always wonder if those things are tied, you know, those kind of because it's a very mystical like they usually refer it to the Shakespeare line. Beware the Ides of March in the uh, Julius Caesar play. Um, But the real story goes further back than Julius Caesar, because that's when people don't remember. No, he got stabbed um, in behind the back from his, uh, I guess, his council or whatever, or his men that were his, you know, Congress or so-and-so. And so um, so that happened on March 15th. But March 15th, the Ides of actual March goes further back. It's like a new year portal in the universe. And, like, it's like a karma day where, like, if you, whatever you put out on that day, that's your year in a way is what they believed. And that's where the day I'm born. So it's kind of like,
0: woo-woo-woo, you know. I uh actually was married on March 15th.
1: Oh my goodness so there's a lot of energy there. I hope it's going well. are you still married?
0: Yeah, absolutely Woo!
1: So it's a good mo- uh you're on the, the the good side of it um that's uh, but I mean do you guys have incredible stuff that happens?
0: uh I mean Talk to yes. celebrities. We've, been, we've been we've been absolutely blessed. So.
1: Amen. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel it's a very good day. Obviously, I've had a lot of um, amazing things happen. But yeah, it's a number. It's a day that I just happened to find out was a very uh, unique day. And um, so that's that that's what I know about the March 15th, Ides of March. Um, And of course, I'm thinking now, since you got married on it, you have a lot of love on that day. So that's good. That brought a lot of I'm sure good. Um, if you believe in that, I don't even believe in these things myself, but I know I like knowing about them, but there you go.
0: Uh, so before we wrap up anything else, uh, Any anything else left to, to say to our folks watching?
1: Uh, just that. Thank you so much for all of the love over the years. And I look forward to doing a lot more great stuff for you guys. And I send you lots of great energy and lots of blessings to you all.
0: And if folks want to follow you on social media, uh, website to buy some uh, phantom freak merch, uh, where can they, where can they go?
1: Absolutely. Well, you can find me as Renally Santiago online on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I am on Twitter as the real Renally. And on Snapchat as Renally Santiago and TikTok. And you can also follow my clothing line at RennellyNYC.com. And I have some really cool slogans and t-shirts and graphic designs and sneakers that you can get on there. And the site for the merch and autographs and requests and video requests is PhantomFreak.com.
0: Right down there. So hopefully uh, people can uh, see that and check that out. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Thank you so much for for spending some time with me uh, this evening. I absolutely uh, 100% enjoyed it.
1: Well, thank you, Milo. I did too, man. It was awesome. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, uh, again, uh, thank you for for hanging out with me. And thank you, everyone, for watching. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. But most importantly, tell your friends. And uh, we'll see you next week. Wait, I got to hit the button. Uh Uh-oh. Hit the button.